Well, hey, friends, good morning. So good to see you. My name is Larry. I'm one of the pastors here. How many of you um, haven't set up your Christmas decorations yet? Oh, all right. A couple of you are brave. You're like, it hasn't happened yet. I know. How many of you guys like just barely got it done like this last week? You got it done? All right, good. I'm, we, we're like a, um, the Saturday after Thanksgiving has kind of become a tradition to go and grab a tree and, you know, kind of sneeze Christmas everywhere. It's super fun. Um, Christmas is just a fun season. It's like so hectic. It's so busy. There's so many different things going on. And um, I, I, I wanted to just like pause for a minute and talk about kind of this Christmas season as, as I watch everyone just kind of like go through the busyness and the craziness um, that all of us seem to be consistently going through. And I wanted to have a, a quick conversation um, about Advent. And um, maybe some of you have grown up, you've participated in Advent before. Some of you, uh, maybe you grew up and you had like one of um, these little things you had made, you know, like the little chain things. It was like the Christmas countdown. And like, you know, you un- got to undo one or in school and it draped really long. And you're like, it's so far. And then it gets so close and you're like, you know, losing your mind. Um, some of you have one that looks like this. This is one of ours that we have in our house, and it's a little countdown. And, you know, like our little six-year-old especially is like, it's this many days of Christmas. And I'm saying that because she doesn't have any front teeth. Um, <laughs> but it's like, so awesome, Dad. <laughs> 17 days. <laughs> uh, I, I keep it on 17 all the time just because I love the way she says that. No. Um, you got one of these, you know, some of you guys, you know, you have like a, a little calendar where you open it up and it was like a little chocolate every day. Thank God that Reese's got involved because it's way better than the other stuff. You guys were kids and you know, you open it up and you're like, they're like, oh, look, it's chocolate. And some of you are like, I don't know if that tastes like chocolate. And dad's like, just eat it. It's good. It's dark chocolate. <laughs> uh, and you get to like day three and then you go past that and they're all gone. You're like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> They totally cheaped us out, but mm, that's a good one right there. Um, but we had all these like different countdowns and stuff. And I, I know I grew up and it was like always like a countdown to Christmas. You had a thousand different things going on and there was so much going on, so much coming up. And you were just excited about like what it brought and the gifts and the presents and just everything that comes with Christmas. And um, maybe some of you grew up and you heard the word Advent. Um, maybe you had an Advent calendar and maybe none of you guys even went to church. Um, and maybe you participated in Advents. Maybe you did it like once a week. Maybe you did it every single day. I know uh, that as I was growing up, um, it always was in different forms. Half the time, I didn't even know what it actually meant. I was like, yeah, it's just something we do for Christmas. And it was like mystical. And sometimes it was like candles and wreaths. And then it was chocolates. And it was like all sorts of different things. And it was little chain things. And so, so today, what I wanted to do is that I wanted to pause and talk about, as a faith community, Advent, and how we can participate, and how there's still 15 days left to participate, maybe the importance of it, um, and the season, and how I believe, I believe this, that it could literally make this one of your best Christmases ever. So uh, to simplify this, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to work on today, is simplifying a lot of these things, and then I'm going to basically hand you over a big old resource and land the plane and say, this is how you do this. So we're going to kind of walk there to simplify this and get rid of all the, the, the craziness that's involved in the typical Advent. I just want to talk to you first about what it means. So the term Advent is actually a Latin phrase that means to, uh, simply to come, um, to come, that something really important, really big is coming, right? So what do you do when you have company getting ready to come over to your house? Like you, you, you spend a lot of time prepping. So like 
How many of you guys spent more than one day planning and preparing for Thanksgiving? Yeah, most of you, right? Some of you even spent like a week or a couple weeks of like, who's bringing what? And what are we going to have? I know my wife and I sat down a grocery list. I mean, I even, I even stayed up all night. I started at midnight the day before smoking a turkey uh, so we could sit down and eat a dead bird uh, because it was like all this preparation. And then there was like hours before that of like preparation and getting this ready and where are we going to sit and how is people going to sit over here? And it's spending a lot of time for people to come. You do the same thing with this company this last weekend. My wife and I, every six weeks or so, invite anyone who's new to Northgate to come over to our house for a welcome dessert so we can have pie together, they can have a more intimate setting and meet us in our home, uh, and um, they get to hang out and ask questions. It's really nice. But our house, remember, there's six of us. I have four kids, 11, 9, 6, and 3. Um, and the goal is to make no one believe we actually have children. It's legit. <laughs> And you know exactly what I'm talking about when company's over. I mean, everything's being like shoving it everywhere. And you're like lighting candles and the kids are like, somebody must be coming. We never light candles. Um, <laughs> like it's like real deal. And the people come in and they're like, wow, this is great. And we're like, yeah, it's totally how we live. <laughs> so clean. They don't even know we have dogs. They're tied up in the garage. You know, you can't make any noise. <laughs> it's just crazy. But we do that. We spend all this time in preparation for important things and important people to come around. Uh, and it's really a beautiful thing. And that's really what I wanted to talk about, how Advent is, is that essentially what Advent is, is one, is that somebody incredibly important is coming. That someone incredibly important is coming. And two, you're going to do everything that you can do to prepare, just like most of us do. Everything we can do to prepare when somebody incredibly important coming is coming. And that important time that someone's coming is December 25th. We get to spend the entire month, Advent, on this focus on December 25th because someone incredibly important is coming and we need to prepare ourselves for that. So the million-dollar question is, who are you preparing for on December 25th? Now, I know we're in church and a lot of you want to give me the churchy answer. I know, it's Jesus. <laughs> But honestly, just sit there for a second and kind of take off of the, the Jesus hat and say, if I think about the time that I'm spending in each and every day and preparing for someone incredibly important that's coming, oftentimes, who is it? Santa? Yeah, totally. I'm with you. I love Santa too. We spend a ton of time. Preparing for Santa. So some of you, it's like we're preparing for this and we're spending all this time for this. For some of us, it's a big party. You know, we got like a big holiday party, this big thing that's going on. All, all these people are coming over and it's our annual thing. We're going to spend days or weeks preparing for this because we're stressed out and this is what's going on. And so we're preparing all this time for a big party. And for some of us, it's family. We need to spend all this time preparing because family's a big deal and they're all going to come over and they're going to be around and, or we just need to get them here and get them out quickly or whatever it ends up being for you. <laughs> you spend all this time and, you know, figuring out scheduling and all this stuff that's coming up because it's a really big deal. And that's all great. It's just not the best. Who we should be preparing for on December 25th is Jesus. Jesus literally changed everything. His birth literally changes and has changed for you and for me everything. 
In the um, New Testament, there's a guy named John. He writes one of the Gospels. And the fun thing about John is that there's only, um, he's, he's one of the Gospels that doesn't actually tell the birth narrative. And what's interesting about that is that um, when Jesus uh, was um, dying, he told John, hey, you take my mother Mary and treat her like your mother, and Mary, you treat John like your son. And so then they end up spending a lot of time later in life. I think he took care of her in her life. So if anyone knew the birth narrative and all of its majestic majesty, wonder, awe, it would probably be John. I mean, I'm sure every year he heard the same story about how this miraculous event took place. And what's so fascinating is John, he's one of the, he's, he's literally one of the last books that is written in the New Testament later on in life. He's the old guy now. And it's just like, I got to get this across. Other people explain the birth narrative. And he's like, how do I just get right there and just really explain the majesty, what actually took place? And he gives it to us in the very first chapter in verse 14. He says this, the word became flesh and made its dwelling among us. The word is God. God became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. The message puts it like this. The word became flesh and blood and moved up into the neighborhood. It's good. Straight up. For those of you who are like, what does that mean? Dwelling. Hey, he's in your neighborhood. Knock, knock. He came to be with us. And, and if we really understand the implications of this and the weightiness of, um, of this piece of scripture right here, it should knock us back on our seat that this whole time, people and us, we spend the time reaching up to God and trying to attain these things and trying to be righteous and, and to, trying to be holy and to set apart, reaching up towards God. God said, no, 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 you're not going to be able to do that. And we see on this day, he walks down this ladder and reaches down to us and gives us the most intimate, beautiful gift that we could ever receive. And it was himself in human form to look as eye to eye, and to be with us. Now, most of us know that Jesus should be the focus but, of this season, but like everything plays against it, doesn't it? Like we just find like everything's kind of like coming at you from every different angle. Here's a list. You have all kinds of things going on. You got to put up life, shopping, wine, effluent gifts, work parties, family gatherings, plays, pageants, cookies, movies, candies, travel, football, binge watching Hallmark movies. <laughs> you know who you are. Christmas movies. And you're going through it all and you're like doing all these things and there's all this stuff coming up and everyone needs something from you and you're like, you know, on Amazon all the time because you forgot something and like at the store and you're trying to remember this and you're trying to talk to this person. We got to get a picture here and we got to do that and work. It's the end of the year and there's like a thousand different things going on and there's a lot of really cool things that we're participating in. But then all of a sudden we get to the end and it's Christmas and we realize that almost nothing that we did focused on Jesus. I've been there. You've been there. Maybe you are there. And our world, if you notice, is doing everything that they can to strip Christ out of Christmas. You know, it's like everywhere. It's, it's crazy. You go in and, and in stores and stuff, they can't even say Merry Christmas to you anymore. It's Happy Holidays. Or the movies would be like before, they were like, this Christmas. And then now it's like, this holiday season. <laughs> it's like, so PC and culture. It's just stripping everything out of there. But if we understand what actually happened, we can grasp this, that Jesus changed history legitimately. A singular day changed everything about how we view the history. 
And some of you might be in here, and you're not a Christian, and this is new to you, and you're like, come on, bro, that's a little extreme. I mean, like, I know you got the mic and everything, but changed history, like, legitimately? I want to show you. It actually did. So you've heard of this. You have B.C. and A.D. What does B.C. stand for? Before Christ, right? So B.C. is before Christ, before it. We, we decide our entire calendar history on, on one day, and that next one is A.D. What does that mean? Okay, I, I heard some. I'm going to help you guys out. Some of you said after death. That's actually not at all what it means. Because if you think about it, Jesus was born, lived for 33, 33 and a half years. If it was after death, we'd have a 33 and a half year gap in history. No bueno. <laughs> A.D. actually means this. It's a Latin word. Anybody got that one? Anno Domini. This is the year of the Lord. This is when Jesus was born. This is what A.D. means. So everything has been decided on this one day, B.C. and A.D. It doesn't matter what religion you've ever followed. It doesn't matter if you have friends who are atheists. Friends, they follow the same calendar. Today, we are living in the year 2018, the year of our Lord. Next year, we will be in 2019, the year of our Lord. And even that over the last 30 years, people have tried to push out to you. They're calling it BCE or CE, which is before Common Era or Common Era. They're trying to change it too. And, and even still, there's something that happened. You can call it BI and AI, before it and after it. It will always be the same thing, <laughs> right? It's always going to be the same thing that has changed history, so here's, here's the big idea. Here's where we want to go today. This whole idea of Advent and what we can participate in the next 15 days or so as we prepare for Christmas. Here's the big idea. That the birth of Jesus is too big to remember on just one day. It's too big to remember on just one day. So many times we can get like lapped up and doing all these things and it's all great. It's good. It's just not the best. And we need something to help us focus. And that's really what Advent is all about. And I, I think the implications this season are huge if you choose to participate. That it can literally change and make this a redeemed, maybe the best Christmas that you've ever had. Um, so many people wait until January 1st. And they get to January 1st and they're like, man, my priorities are so out of whack and this is here. And they're like, I just need a restart. What if what if you got them focused now and started focusing on Jesus in a daily way leading up to this really important day, December 25th, and instead of finding yourselves January 1st saying, like, I need to restart, you've already ramped up. I believe some of you need to hear this. How you end this year will dictate how you start the next. And you have a beautiful opportunity yet this season. So Advent, what's Advent? Really quick, just put it in boil it down in just the easiest explanation. Advent is a daily focus in December for the day that changed history, and for some of you, your eternity. It's a daily focus on uh, ch and focusing on Jesus on a day that changed history, 
and for most of us, our eternity. So you're like, well, how do I do that? Larry, I literally don't have time for another thing. I don't even have time for myself. I don't have time to do this. Everyone needs something. I feel so overwhelmed. You're just asking me to add another thing, and I'm trying to focus, and it's so hard, and I also feel like you're shaming me a little bit, and, you know, it's just really difficult, and I haven't even got my Christmas Eve services yet, and I feel bad about that, my tickets for that, which you should. Um, (laughs) It's going to be so good. (laughs) So you're like, how do I do that? So I, I want to give you some real quick examples. I want to, that's one of, this is our takeaway. We're going to um, focus on this. So how do you see Jesus on a daily focus this season during the holiday season and, and participating in Advent? You see it in one word, and that word is the mundane. You see it in the mundane. So you're like, well, what do you mean the mundane? The thing is, is that oftentimes you find Jesus in the majestic, in the midst of the mundane. In January, um, January 12th, 2007, uh, a young man walked in at 7.51 a.m. to the busiest transit center in uh, Washington, D.C. And he went in there, he had jeans, a t-shirt, and a ball cap. It was a Washington Capitals ball cap. He sets down a violin case, opens it up, throws a couple bucks of seed money in there, pulls out his violin and begins to play for 43 minutes while 1,096 people pass by. He was playing the most difficult musical pieces on earth, Bach and other intricate pieces of music. The man that was there playing in this uh, center was, he went by the name of Joshua Bell, which is known as one of the best, if not the best musician in history when it comes to one of the most intricate instruments in history, the violin. He was also playing at the time a violin that's valued at $3.5 million. Just three days earlier, he had finished a run of sellouts with thousands of people selling out standing room only, many of the tickets costing $1,000 a head. And the Washington Post decided... Let's do a little test and see if people can stop and notice the majestic in the midst of the mundane and the daily go. Out of the 1,096 people, how many of you think stopped to listen for just a moment? Go ahead. Seven. Seven people, and one of those was a (laughs) three-year-old that stopped and caught and said, something's just different right now. And mom said, no, gotta go. It's so often that we get caught up in the mundane of things and the next things, and so often we miss the majestic, the beauty. And Jesus is found so often in the majestic. We almost missed it in the Christmas story. John even talks about it later on in that chapter. It says in first. John 10, it says, he came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. They almost missed it. You couldn't create a more mundane Christmas narrative story. Jesus was born uh, to Mary and Joseph, the most ordinary of ordinary, and then went to and had him in a town called Bethlehem, which nothing good because of that, like, it's like the armpit of that area is how they thought. It's like if anything came out of Fresno, California, you'd be like, what? <laughs> Joking. If you're from Fresno, I'm really sorry. We're just glad you're, you're here now. It's great. <laughs> Too far? Okay, there's the line. Got it. 
<laughs> but you're like, what comes out of this? And then they go and they have them in a manger, which, you know, is like the smell of animal dung and urine. And you're like, this is where the Savior was born? And then at that time, if a king was ever born, it's like shouted from the mountaintops. And how it got announced was to lowest of the low in the caste system at the time, the shepherds in the field, and says, hey, yo, the Savior the Savior of the world has been born. That's where the birth announcement went to. You couldn't, if I asked you, if someone came up and asked you, the Savior of all people, the day that will change history forever, that will change humanity forever, is going to take place, will you write the most mundane birth story you can? I don't even think you could come up with that. I don't even think we could come up with that and how mundane it is. And, and we almost missed it. And that's what happens. And so this Christmas, what I'm asking all of us to do, everyone online, all of us here, is to see Jesus this Christmas, you need to look to the mundane. So you're like, well, that's good. Well, how do I do that? Where's that at? Like, explain that a little bit. Like, is it some guy in a thing playing a violin? <laughs> Where do I find this? It's all over the place. Think about it. What does Christmas look like for you, right? It's this. It's Christmas trees, ornaments, stars, gifts, candy canes, lights, angels, candles, red, green, white, gold, Buddy the Elf, an elf on the shelf. There's a lot of that <laughs> stuff going on right now. All of these things point toward Jesus. Some of you guys maybe didn't even know that every single one of those things, except for Buddy the Elf and Elf on the Shelf, actually point towards Christmas. Think about it. If there was aliens coming to spy on us, right, they would be spying us, and in December, it'd be the toughest thing, because they would go back and report and be like, these people are cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. They go out into a forest, they cut down a tree, they bring it inside their house and watch it die, they hang bulbs on it and candy canes and lights, then this male walks outside and almost kills himself, hanging lights on a roof, which he shouldn't be doing, then inside... The ladies hang this green leafy thing trying to get action called mistletoe. <laughs> Can't even walk that way anymore. Jeez. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for that one. <laughs> but they're like, this is the craziest thing ever. This is the mundane, friends. You see it everywhere. All of these things were actually created to help us focus on Jesus. Advent. Let me give you an example, the candy cane. And some of you have heard this story, some of you have never heard this story. The candy cane was created by a guy in the 1700s. He was a choir director in a church. He wanted the kids to be able to have something to do and not be distracted during the service because this guy up here was really boring. And so he took this candy stick, which was very popular, and he bent it with a hook so it would be representative of Jesus, like he was our shepherd. If you flipped it upside down, it was a J. He put a red stripe in it, a big thick one, that was uh, for us to remember that Jesus shed his blood for us. He put three little teeny stripes right next to it. That was either the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, or also represents the lashing in which he took. The white band was to represent that we are pure by him and he's pure. And it's hard to remind us that he is our rock. This is the candy cane to help us stop and focus on all these things. The wreath, the Christmas lights, the Christmas trees, all of these things were actually invented that we participate in to remind us about this special day that changed everything. So, what are we going to do with that? Well, we want to help you. 
So we're putting together some things that are going to help you for the next 15 days. You can go onto your app the next day, and uh, we're going to be giving a two-minute devotion. You can do your own thing. If you've got your own thing going on, you can go on there and do it. Um, or you can read whatever you're reading. You can get focused however you're focusing. But on the app, each and every day, starting tomorrow, you're going to be able to go on and listen to a two-minute devotional about many of these specific items. Then we'll share uh, a memory or a verse, and then also maybe a conversation starter or something that you can do with yourself, your friends, or your children. Because Advent is a daily focus in December for the day that changed history as well as your eternity. So a lot of you guys have traditions or you've seen these things, and we want to help you with it. Some of you, like I said, you have this little guy right here, and you do a countdown with your kids, and they're all excited, or you, know, you have one of these guys. Some of you guys have these ones, and this, this is what I would suggest. You can go get one of these. You can order them on Amazon. You don't have to have one. You can just get candy yourself. Do whatever you can to bribe people into doing this, and I'm being serious. Some of you say like, well, Larry, I mean, you can get your family to sit down at the end of the night because your kids listen to you because you're the pastor. It's not true at all. I actually have no idea where my oldest is as he came with me today, my oldest son. It's not true at all. Like, usually we try to do like a family sit-down thing, and it's like a train wreck, and it goes sideways super fast because we're like managing four at the same time. We're like, forget it. Um, it's real life. But here's what would happen. You can get these. They have them in Legos. They have them in Hatchimals. They have like adult ones. They have all kinds of cool things. Literally what you should do is take one of these and use it as a bribe. We're going to sit down. We're going to do a two-minute conversation to help us focus on who Jesus is this season each and every day. And then you get the candy. Guess what they're going to start doing? They're going to start waking you up if you start going to sleep. Or they're going to start poking you and be like, we haven't done this yet. I haven't got my candy. You'll be like, oh, you're right. Helps you stay on track for each day. It helps you focus back on this. For some of you, you need way more incentive. You need one of these every day. You're like, this is what I'm talking about. Some of you go bigger and you're like, I need a pound of Reese's Cups. We're going to try to murder this guy. Whatever works. I'm not even kidding. And this one's for you crazy people. This is three pounds of, yeah. Don't worry, it's only 150 calories. Every one in 45th of this three-pound bar. So you think I'm joking. I'm not kidding. Do whatever you can to bribe them to do this. Like in yourself. I'm not joking around at all. Like you can get one for adults. You can get one. Uh, you can get one for your wife. You can get one where they open up something and it has like a new beauty product each day or a piece of jewelry or some crafty thing. Do whatever you can. Some of you have teenagers and you're like, ah, oh, they don't want no candy. Cold hard cash. Throw money in there. Some days it's 50 cents. Some days it's a 20 spot. I'm not joking. Some of you guys right now are going like, Larry, this isn't very spiritual. Remember the whole focusing on Jesus thing? You're right. This might actually be more spiritual than you think. Uh, young Jewish boys back in ancient Israel, Israel used to go to Yeshiva. Uh, it was a school where they went to learn the scriptures and to memorize the scriptures. And when they would show up, the rabbi or the teacher that was going to teach them scriptures that day would go down the line and he would put honey in their mouth. And this was a huge deal. They didn't have candy back then. This was like the sweetest thing that they had to eat. And so they would put honey in their mouth, and then he would say to him, may the words of the Lord be like honey on your lips. And then they would go and learn scripture. So for some of you, maybe this um, passage that David wrote us makes more sense than it ever has. It says in Psalm 119, 103, how sweet your words taste to me. They are sweeter than honey. Yeah, do whatever it takes. God knows sometimes it's just what we need to get our focus back on him. 
May we, may you redeem your Christmas and maybe be set up better than you have ever been set up before as you take a daily pause just to stop, breathe, and focus on the thing that changed the world. Now, for some of you, I know that this is tough. Uh, Christmas does this weird, crazy thing. It's like a magnifying glass. When it's good, when the seasons are good, it's really good. It makes it even better. It's that much more exciting as it magnifies it. It's really good. But when it's bad, when it's difficult, when it's lonely, when there's loss, when there's dread, when there's hurt, it magnifies that as well. We talked about that a little bit last week. Whatever it magnifies, may we pause and stop and lean into Jesus in this season as we prepare for him to come. This last week, um, had some friends from this faith community um, reach out and contact me. We have on our app, we have a, an emergency pastoral care thing. Um, so if you don't need an emergency pastoral care, please don't use that to say hi. <laughs> so I get it uh, in the afternoon, and it's one of our friends here, and she has a beautiful 15-year-old daughter that had decided it was time for her to take her own life and was in the emergency room. And I was heartbroken. I was devastated. This, this young woman, she's a straight-A student. She's a, a beautiful woman. She got baptized not that long ago, and she was bullied like crazy and felt like she had no way to get out. <clears throat> and um, so this season, all of a sudden, is magnified. This isn't what we planned. And visiting um, their daughter um, at a facility as she's rehabilitating. And um, I was leaving the hospital, and... She wrecked my day, the mom did. I was loving her, and we were supporting her, and we're there with her, and loving this young, beautiful girl, and telling her how much she's loved and enough, and you're not alone. And um, we say this thing at the end of church every single week, and we'll continue to do this, I promise, every single week until I'm no longer here, and I hope they do it past that. Mom's sitting there, and she's crying to me, and she's telling me, she's like, we were on our, I was, I was going as fast as I could to the hospital. I'm on the phone with 911. She's in and out of consciousness. I'm losing her. Um, it's not good. She's crying. She's like, I just kept repeating the words we say at the end of service to her. There's nothing so lost that Jesus cannot find. He can find you. You're never so lost that there's nothing so broken, baby, that he cannot mend. And there's nothing so dead in your life that he cannot not resurrect. Now say it with me and believe it. That wrecked me in the most beautiful way. In a beautiful way to remind me of something like Advent, that in the midst of like your most terrifying, tragic moment, that you could just take a moment and grasp onto some truth about who Jesus is to get through it. Every day since then, they repeat this together with hope and belief in who God is. Would you stand? I'm not at all trying to end on a downer. <laughs> I have candy if you need it. <laughs> but I want you to know that, and I, I, I so, so deeply want you to believe it and hang hope on it, that if you're here today, doesn't matter what we talked about. It doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter all the celebration we did. You may have come in here and you can't even hear it. You can't even put up a Christmas tree. You can't look at lights. You just want to go in your little dark hole because something feels lost, something feels broken, and something feels dead. 
allow us to just love you, allow yourself to be at home, allow us to be with you as God loves you through the people of this faith community and allow him to do the transformative work in your life that only he can do. And for some of you, that's accepting him, accepting the one who changed history for your eternity. So don't leave this place without that. There's going to be people up here at the end of the service to pray with you, to help give you next steps, new beginnings, and don't miss that. Um, if you're new with us, I'm so glad. Uh, would love the opportunity to get to know you. Make sure you guys get your Christmas Eve service tickets. I'm serious. Change plans to go. It's been, every year it's super tough because we're always trying to like one-up ourselves. There's like surprises and everyone's like, what are we doing this year? I'm not telling you for reals, but it's something we've never done and it's legit. Like for reals, I'm kind of giddy about it right now. And uh, you got to get your ticket. They're filling up pretty quickly. Um, we've only got... We don't have a ton of tickets left, but we want to make room. So it, get your tickets for just the ticket times you need it so we make sure we have room in here. And then that way you can bring your friends because we want you to have a good experience. The worst thing that's going to happen is you show up and we're like, yeah, so you didn't plan that, did you? <laughs> and we have no room. <laughs> and then it's like a sad day for all of us. And you yell at me. It hurts my feelings. Um, so make sure you get your tickets. Um, Go ahead and put your generous giving stuff in the back of the room with your comment cards, your prayer stuff, and I would love to send you off with a blessing. And may we, church, um, be participants in Advent this year and focus on the one who literally changed history that can refocus us on what's right that changes eternity. Sound good? And God, may the Denver Broncos have no mercy on the San Francisco 49ers today. Amen. Go in that peace. Friends, I'll see you next week.